Welcome to Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Raines, and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women, and I am so excited to have you here today. We are a community of authentic women from all over the world, growing together personally, professionally, building businesses and ministries together. And today you're going to hear from a great speaker. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and sit back and grow with us. Thanks for being here, ladies. Well, hello, Masterpiece Women. It's so great to be with you again today. I am beyond blessed to have Regina Bryan join us today. Welcome, Regina. Thanks for having me, Tina. Great to be here. Oh, great to have you. So for those of you who don't know Regina Bryan, I'm very familiar with her because she is involved in the John Maxwell um, leadership program. She actually is one of their facilitators. She does disc presentation, self-image mastery seminars. She also is involved in our um, Empowered Living, which if you've never been to Empowered Living to the website, you definitely want to check it out. Uh, Paul Martinelli is one of my favorite mentors. So Regina, you're in with a great team of leaders. I love it. Thanks, Tina. Yeah, you too. We're both John Maxwell. We both love Empowered Living. So we have a lot in common. Absolutely. So I'd love for you to share a little bit. I know you are definitely an entrepreneur at heart with um, having 10 years of Keller Williams and you still own a pizza business. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Regina. How did you get in the business world? Well, I think I have my husband to thank for it. (laughs) Before that, I was just, uh, you know, I was into medical office management. I was uh, managing different medical practices in my 20s and my early 30s. And then when I got married, when you're married to someone who's an entrepreneur, it kind of rubs off on you. So I think when I got married, that was it. I was like, let me experiment with real estate. And my husband was all for that. Um, And so I spent a little over 10 years with with Keller Williams Realty, a beautiful, fabulous uh, organization. I mean, they're God family business. And so their principles align with John Maxwell and and Empowered Living easily. And uh, also after I got married, not only did I join real estate company, but my husband who had gotten his MBA, I think a couple of years before we got married, he was excited. He's a, he's a corporate America guy, but he was super excited to start um, his own business. So we found ourselves in the pizza business. So we own a Riverside pizza here in the Atlanta metro area. So we have Roger Bryant to thank for me being an entrepreneur. I wouldn't have done it without him. That's awesome. And, you know, Keller, what my daughter was with Keller Williams, I heard amazing things about them and their leadership program. They have yeah. a great leadership program, don't they? They really do. And they're very much invested in John Maxwell principles. As a matter of fact, I have a ton of friends out in Austin. Uh, that's where the Keller Williams Realty International Headquarters are in Austin, Texas. And a lot of my friends are out there this week during the uh, leadership camp. So they're very much an education driven company. I love that. And you know what I find interesting, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're also technically a multi-level marketing company, which a lot of people uh, don't realize. Yeah. And the, and the way they describe it is their profit sharing. So let's say, for example, Tina, that as a Keller Williams agent, I brought you into the company. Um, when you had closings or you know transactions that closed, if I brought you directly in, I would get, there's a, there's a weird, wonderful algorithm they came up with but I would get some monetary compensation and it wouldn't even be out of your commission. So the company rewards us for bringing in productive agents. 
I love that. You know, it's interesting when I had my healthcare staffing businesses, that's actually how I built my business as well, because I felt like, well, if you're going to bring me your friend, that's a nurse, that's great. Mm -hmm. I want to compensate you for it. So every time you referred a nurse, you got a dollar for every hour they worked. And if she referred a nurse, you got 50 cents for every hour they worked and so on. And it went down to like the third level. So it's not technically multi-level, but it, like you said, it's profit sharing. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's such a great model. So a lot of people shy away from that model and think, you know, negatively about it. And I, I just, I'm the opposite. I think it's phenomenal because I think there's so much reward for someone to reward them by what they put into the company as well. And so exactly. I think and it's worked for Keller Williams. I mean, when you can get a profit share check that doesn't cost the other agent anything out of their commission and you're rewarded for bringing in uh, productive people. I mean, what's better than that? <laughs> the um, yeah, the the business is phenomenal. So talk to me a little bit about with Empowered Living. I noticed that you are now doing a program called on emotional intelligence. Tell me a little bit about that. That's really exciting. Oh my gosh. I mean, this has just been a a labor of love. It's a passion project. Um, Emotional intelligence has been something that caught my eye way back in the mid nineties when it really came out into the mainstream. Uh, When the book, the first mainstream book on emotional intelligence was 1995, Daniel Goldman uh, on emotional intelligence, why it can matter more than IQ. And I remember I was, it was 1995. So I was 20, I just turned 21. And I remember going out and buying my copy. And I'm just, I I think I always have been just fascinated by emotions and human behavior. So to be able to partner with Empowered Living and Paul Martinelli and bring a program uh, to the marketplace that addresses how we can use our emotions to succeed. Because really, um, emotional intelligence is all about how we handle ourselves, how we handle other people, making our emotions work for us. When so many times, I mean, we see it all over the place. Many people are at the mercy of their emotions. And so this is a program that teaches us how how we can elevate our EQ, how we can boost ourselves in this area. So I'm really excited to have done this program. Wow. Yeah. Sounds great. I can't wait to attend. I think I've already (laughs) signed up actually. (laughs) I think if not, I'm going to. (laughs) I'm glad you mentioned that because if if people want to understand when I'm doing my my free classes, um, they can just go to my website, reginabryan.com. And on my calendar, I'll be posting anytime that I'm going to be on Zoom or Facebook Live uh, doing classes on EQ. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Well, we'll be sure and put that down below your podcast as well. So that's exciting. I'm glad, glad to hear it. Cause I know you do a variety of classes as well for you also do the women's um, show for him. Don't you? Oh yes. That's how I think my relationship really developed on empowered living. Um, I started hosting the women of empowered living back in 2020. As a matter of fact, right when the pandemic started, Uh, Paul decided this is an opportunity to ramp up the community with more people having to stay at home. It just made sense to build a community that people could tap into every day of the week. And he's just done a beautiful job of that. And in the summer of 2020, uh, he came out with his women's show because believe it or not, Tina, women make up over 60% of the, of the empowered living community. 
And so Paul's like, here's a great opportunity for us to profile women. And he was hosting it along with his partner at the time, Roddy. And I remember being interviewed by them at the end of July of 2020. And Paul said, listen, I don't know if it makes sense for two men <laughs> to be hosting a show about women. He goes, why don't you host it for us, Regina? And I just almost fell out of my chair. I'm on Zoom with the two of them. And it's a quick 15 minute inter interview they're doing with me. I'm nervous because these guys have been my mentors and now they're offering me the opportunity to host this show. And it has been one of the best things I've ever done. It's added so much value to my life. Oh, I love that. I love it. Well, you've done a great job. When I get an opportunity, I always try to get on there and watch you because it's, you know, empowered living has meant a ton to me. When I first started my coaching business and I started doing classes, actually, I went to the Think and Grow Rich with the biblical application, mm -hmm. actually way before that. But when he they created that program, I've taught it. As a matter of fact, I'm still teaching it right now to another group. And it has just been transformational wow. for these women. They love it. The stories that have come out of that program have been phenomenal. So I love Paul. And the and biblical component was so good, wasn't it, Tina? Oh, they've it's done the best. Paul's done several versions. I think that was my third or fourth TAGR with him. But that biblical piece was so, it, it just kind of, I think, it just closed the loop. It, it just felt centered and it felt complete. 100%. I couldn't have said it better. That's exactly how I felt because I had done several with them as well. Yeah. And when that one came out, I went, oh my goodness, <laughs> I need to teach this to everybody. And so the women in Masterpiece Women have loved, loved wow. it. And I did a I couple know you of do a phenomenal job. And I know you do a great job with, with that teaching in that group. Oh, thank you. It's been great. It's been fun. It's really fun. You know, I think, Regina, and you'll probably agree with me on this. The most beautiful thing about what we do is watching the transformation in people's lives. It's such a gift to us. I mean, I just love when people start growing and they look back six months later and see what transpired throughout that growth and what they've been able to achieve because of the growth. It's just such a gift to me to watch it. I just, I love it. It's almost like we're giving to other people with our programs or our teachings. And yes, we are. And at the same time, the way that it fills you up, you're yeah. like, gosh, I hope they're getting as much as I'm getting out of this. I know. <laughs> so it reminds me of when I take a mission trip. You go on a mission trip because you're going to go help people and you get 10 <laughs> times more out of it than you'd ever get you know, a staying at That's home. what my stepson, my stepson has done. I've never been on a mission trip. My stepson has done a couple and he always said the same thing. He was like, oh my gosh, it was the experience of a lifetime. I would gladly do that again and again. So you're, yeah, you're right. There's something about us giving that when you do that, what you get in return cannot even be described. Absolutely. I just, I, I feel so blessed. So let's talk a little bit about that because when I first started, when I first went to Masterpiece, I mean, excuse me, to John Maxwell program, as I shared with you, is because I knew I was going to be speaking, and I have, I've spoken in front of thousands of people, but I wanted to be on the top of my game. I was a little fearful, and <laughs> oftentimes when I talk to a lot of people, fear is what holds us all back, and so because you're so strong in... Um, the emotional intelligence um, sector, I would love for you to share a little bit about fear itself 
and how it holds people back and some practical tools. If someone on this podcast is just scared, they're afraid to take that next step. Give them some practical tools that they can utilize to get past it. What a great question, Tina, and a great topic, that whole fear of failure. Not real fear, but the fear that holds us back from being our best. So for me, and, and maybe others will agree with this to some, to some level, I think the fear of failure is the fear of looking foolish. Definitely. That's what I think it is. I think that when we fear failure, if we're really to drill down into that, what we're fearing is looking foolish. Because it's all about that. Because if no one saw me fail, I really wouldn't be, I wouldn't have anything to be fearful of. It it would be my own little thing. So it really wouldn't be a fear. It's only me. But most of the time when we fail, other people are are witnessing this. And I, I think what drives that fear of foolishness is really the caring way too much of what other people think. And we all are plagued by that to some level. There is a natural caring of what people think, the people I love, my mom, my husband, people that I do business with. But for most of us, and I I think that sometimes women can be super hard on themselves. We care a lot about what other people are going to say. You know, have we said this correctly? Are we looking proper? And we we base so much around other people's opinions. That's the fear of failure that's holding us back. It's the, I don't want to look foolish. And it's unfortunate right? It's, it's really unfortunate. It really uh, is. Oh. Yeah. And we've all, and we've all been there, right? We've all been there. And I would say that the practical thing, and I, I, I wish there were another way. If there was, I would know it by now. The only way to get over it is to do it. Do it scared. Do it scared. Do it, do it scared. Do it afraid. Get out there and fail and fail fast and fail often because then that's where the success will come from. But really, that's the only tool and resource. I can't stay here at my computer and look on the internet. I can't talk about it or journal about it. The only way to really practically overcome it is to do it. And I think the tool and resource that we all need the most are the people around us, a coach like yourself, Tina, an accountability partner, like someone that's not going to let you off the hook that easily. That's the only way I know to push forward. Yes, I'm going to Google it. Yes, I'm going to journal. I'm going to read up on it. But the only way is to get out there and do it. It's the fear of looking foolish. That's Absolutely. what holds us back. We have I to get over that. <laughs> yeah. And it is one of the worst things that holds people back. When I when I talk to most people and their struggles boils down to fear, which is to some extent pride, because yes. we're afraid, like you said, to look foolish. Right. So great, great point. So can you share an example? Regina, when you started your business <laughs> of how fear, how you dealt specifically with it? Well, you know, uh, when I think about this business as a coach and a speaker, and if I look back at, at Keller Williams, um, I had a great opportunity at Keller Williams to become the instructor for the new agent program. Now, our new agent program, McKnight, was being taught by the very best agents in our market center, you know, the, the top of the top. That was the teachers for this program. And just because you're a great real estate agent doesn't mean you're a great teacher. And so this group uh, that was teaching the, the, the course for the new agents, they just weren't the best teachers because they were running really big businesses. So when my team leader asked me to become the instructor for the new agents, I was filled with all kinds of fear. Like, 
why me when I haven't been at the very top? I'm not one of these mega agents. I'm not a real estate superstar. So why me? I was afraid of what everybody else would be thinking. Well, Regina's nice and we like her, but she's not, she's not maybe the one to teach new agents. She hasn't had a big, big business. And that fear almost held me back. And after my first new agent class, these were uh, classes that ran three days a week for, uh, for a month, for four weeks. And after that, and the reviews came in and everything was a four or five star review, just taking that risk made all the difference in the world because I was afraid of what the top agents would think. I, would, I was afraid of what my friends in the market center would think. Like, oh, Regina, you're, you're the instructor? So that fear really almost made me say no to that offer. And wow. I went for it. It, it, it was like almost for two weeks. I'll tell you this, Tina, in, in all transparency, when my, when my uh, team leader offered me that position, she said, think about it and we'll come back to it in a little bit because it was around the holidays. So we really weren't going to start another program till mid, late January. She said, think about it. For two weeks, every night when I fell asleep, I had to tell myself that I was worthy. I had to tell myself that I could do it. I had to talk to myself every night for two weeks. And then when she approached me again, I said, yes, I was still scared, but I had to talk to myself every single night for two weeks to put me in a position to say yes. That's awesome. And such a valuable example because so often women, and as I'm helping women build their businesses, one of the things I see often is just that they're so scared. And when they are even about coaching or creating their own membership sites, they'll, well, what do I have to offer? Well, there's so much everybody has to offer somebody else. And oftentimes it's just, you just have to be two steps ahead of somebody. doesn't mean you have to be the expert. <laughs> you just need to be two steps ahead of them and you've got something to offer them. And if we think of it from that perspective, then it takes a lot of that fear. Okay. I did do that. Now, you know, now I can help you avoid some of the pitfalls that I had when I did it, you know? That's so good, Tina. That is so valuable because we think we have to have already arrived someplace. Well, I don't know where that place is or even, you know, the directions to arrive there, but you just said it so beautifully. It's just, I got to be a couple steps ahead. You know, a lot of people in the John Maxwell team, you know, they get nervous to start that first mastermind group. And our leadership always tells us, all you have to do is just be a chapter ahead of them. That's it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I keep trying to instill that in the women so that they'll go do it scared because they often just second guess themselves to pieces. I'm like, no, nope, we're not doing that. And it just, <laughs> and then we go into a lot of the, um, you know, auto suggestion and we talk about it over right. and over and over. You are worthy. You are valuable. You are a masterpiece. You can do this. God's called you. You can do it. So right. you know those words. <laughs> ladies, if you well. don't, you want to join us for a Think and Grow Rich program because you too need to learn auto-suggestion. Right. It helps. <laughs> it works. It's simple. That's why people don't think it will work. It absolutely works. It does. It's so, so good. So talk to us a little bit about advice. I think the best way, just as we said, is to learn from those who've gone before us. So I always love to find out from our speakers, what is that one piece of valuable advice that you go back to over and over that you would say, that's the best piece of advice I've ever gotten when I was building a business? I think it it, it really uh, goes well with what we were just talking about. And that advice is 
just to embrace failure, that failure is success's constant companion. Now it's easy when we're just talking about it to talk about it. It's easy to embrace it intellectually, but when you've made a misstep in front of people or that's cost you time or that's cost you money or that's cost you a client, it is really painful in that moment to accept, gosh, I just did something foolish. I just lost some business or I lost some money or, oh my God, that Facebook Live or that one interview. It's so hard in the moment, but I, I try to remind myself when things like that happen and they happen plenty that, oh my gosh, okay, wait a minute, it's happening and that's okay because failure is success's constant companion. I mean, John talks about failure all the time. Paul Martinelli talks about failure all the time. And I just remember hearing that and thinking, okay, yeah, that's fine. We get it, we'll fail. But when you're in it, holy smokes, you just want to run in the closet and close the door or hide underneath your desk like I've, like I've done a couple of times. <laughs> It really, but it's just part of it. You know, you have to kind of laugh at yourself. And I've had to tell my, myself recently, when you launch a program and when you do new things like, like you do, Tina, you host a podcast or you host a show and you make these little mistakes. And I have to tell myself, my mistakes can't kill anybody. I've had to tell myself that to get myself from under the desk and back in front of the computer. And no one is thinking about my mistakes after it happens. I'm the only one still thinking about it. Yeah. And then we, I call it my spaghetti noodles. And then we allow the spaghetti noodles to go over and over and over and over in our brain. And it's like, nobody else even saw the spaghetti. No one else is thinking about it anymore. And so we're just going to go on and on at night. Uh, when we first wake up in the shower and it's like, I had to finally tell myself, my mistakes can't kill anybody. No one else is even thinking about this any longer, but me. So I love that. That's so funny. I, I do that all the time. And I have to literally, just like you described, no, it's okay. You know, yep. and I even, I was laughing actually, it was kind of funny. We were doing a class and I went back and watched some of the videos I did when I first did my very first empowered living um, empowerment program that um, I taught several years ago. And it was terrible. I look back at it and go, Oh my, and not that I'm perfect now by any means, because I still catch myself. And, but now the difference is I just do it and I don't even have the time rewatch it unless I know there's a really big hiccup because it's like, what good is it going to do? I need to just move on, you know, and Thank I think you. give people permission to know that they don't have to be perfect either. Cause I'm not, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. And that's exactly the message. And I love what you just said about not going back to rewatch them all, because I think that's a big mistake. And I know once you get rolling and you're trying to perfect things, then yes, there are reasons to check for hiccups, to perfect certain messages you have to. But if you're doing a Facebook Live or, or a fun conversational interview, you don't have to go back and watch everything because you'll want to jump off the roof of your house. I mean, <laughs> you'll never get in front of the camera again so sometimes you just have to keep going a little bit uh without checking every single detail I was watching myself back on some of my first shows and I was like no because I didn't like the way that my mouth slanted and I had a hair out of place oh my gosh I was nitpicking everything and if I kept doing that there's no way I would keep doing it <laughs> that's so but. funny I I have a habit of saying um and I catch myself going, um, and I'm like, why do I say, um, and you know, so I was beating myself up for a while, like Tina quit saying, um, catch your, you know, and every time I would interview people, I'd hear them go, um, um, 
um, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not the only one that goes, um, um, um. <laughs> so. You, and even during, no one else is thinking about that but you. Yeah, now they might notice because I said it out loud, but that's okay. That's part of being authentic <laughs> and vulnerable, <laughs> which is a really good thing. <laughs> and speaking of which, it was one of the questions that I love to ask because one of our pillars at, at uh, Masterpiece Women is authenticity and our heart is that women would grow deeper and be more vulnerable and more authentic with one another so they can grow in full transparency and to a deeper level and so I would love for you to talk a little bit about how authenticity and vulnerability plays out in the marketplace both in your you know your pizza business and in your coaching business how how do you deal with it can you give some examples Uh that's, that's a great question because authenticity is just necessary because I believe that instinctively, most of us can spot someone a mile away that's not completely being authentic, that's trying too hard to put on a, a stage show of perfection. And I think it's just easy for me not to get swept up in that. I always, you know, pride comes before the fall. You don't have to worry about me becoming prideful. I take enough falls without that. <laughs> So I, and I also think what we just demonstrated, you're talking about your ums. I I'm talking about, you know, my, my mouth did a weird thing when I'd go back. It probably it does still does a weird thing. That's how people connect to you. The authenticity is, is sacred. It's, it's necessary to show up and be vulnerable. Otherwise, I don't think you could develop an audience. Otherwise, I don't think you'd have deep and meaningful relationships because we don't want to connect with robots. If I saw you, Tina, and all I saw was a perfect human being who never talked about her flaws, and if that's what I did, oh my gosh, no one would connect with us personally or professionally. And in the pizza business, it's almost like your kids. You know, I I don't have any of my own children. I have a stepson. And I always say with your kids, your kids humble you. They'll always tell you what's wrong. They'll always point out your faults. That's kind of what the pizza business is because when people can jump on Google or other places and review you and you get all these great reviews rolling in and then you get the one that's not so great. The one. (laughs) Or then you get another one that's not so great. And it's like, man, and you just, you don't delete them. You don't try to push back on them. You accept them and you apologize. And I don't know if there's any more vulnerable and authentic feeling than, yeah, okay, we messed up. Somebody that works for me messed up or I, I messed up. And I don't think there's anything more human than that. I was apologizing to someone the other day because they didn't get something in time. And they were like, that's okay. You know, we all, it all happens. And I thought, I didn't try to make an excuse. I didn't try to whitewash it, but that's part of connecting. If, if you are, if, if someone is watching and they're thinking, I have a hard time connecting. You need to ask yourself, are you practicing authentic, authentic connecting? And are you practicing vulnerability? Absolutely. It's so valuable. It was interesting just recently um, at LifeWork Leadership, I had someone that one of the speakers was talking, he was talking about his authentic, you know, he's being very vulnerable and very authentic about a situation he had. And he described it and the people in the room were, wow, I can't believe he shared that publicly because it was such a, you know, situation in his business. And he's a major business owner, you know, very large corporation. And it was so impactful to every leader in the room 
as he shared his vulnerability and his failure that it would have been it would have been valuable if he shared what he learned you know some of his yeah. some of his successes but in that moment in his failure and what he taught them of what he learned from that failure and he was so raw and real about it was the most powerful lesson you could have ever taught and i think people don't realize that oftentimes those failures yes we don't like them and they hurt Uh, but when we share them and we help someone else prevent having to go through those failures and we're real raw it's such a great value to people and so it might be the biggest value that we can add as leaders and as people that are walking that path and I think it might be the most valuable thing we can add because people sort of see you sometimes are thinking well she just she, she came that way she was born that way she was she was hatched that way and they don't, they miss all the yucky, ugly stuff along the way. And our stories of failure sort of remind people, listen, we're real people and we fail all the time. And you're Absolutely. right. If we can do it, you can do it too. <laughs> Absolutely. And even, you know, it's interesting in our private lives, what people, I think too, just people oftentimes will see us because we are business leaders. And I found this, this happened to me actually early on when I decided to, climb Mount Kilimanjaro the first time I had this big fundraising event and it was from all these people in the community and I you know had a pretty significant business um, for many years and so I invite these people to my event and I was real and raw and transparent first time actually publicly ever sharing with them about my childhood of abuse and poverty and even living in no indoor plumbing at times and uh, they're like what you because they just make assumptions. And I, it was in that time, I think that was the first time that I saw the true value, like magnified times a thousand of how important it is for us to share the negative things that have happened and how we overcame them because someone else is struggling with that too. And ever since then, I've had woman after woman after woman come and share their difficulties. And I've been able to pour into their lives because they know that I get it. Whereas before they didn't ask. (laughs) That makes you relatable. And we want to be connected and work with people that are relatable, not people that feel, oh my gosh, they're so far ahead of me. They're so high. They're so over there. We want to work and, and have connections personally and professionally with people that are, that are relatable. They're like, wow, they've, they've been there. They know what I'm going through. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it just frees them to be able to do the same. And then it's just a domino effect when we have that effect with people. And I just love how God uses it all. He just uses it all. And so even our failures, he can use it for everybody to help them. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit. One of the, so two of the big things that I find with women that I'm um, working with tends to be fear. So fear of failure and time management. You are a busy, busy woman. Talk to us a little bit about how you navigate through your time management and what does that look like for you? It's a work in progress, Tina. Even, I mean, you you had the patience of Job to work with me, Tina. You did. Because I didn't get one of your first messages and then we had something scheduled and then the allergy sort of prevented me from doing that. And I'm like, this woman, to, to hang in there with me has had the patience of Job. And I think that it's it's being real. 
and it's it's saying I'm, I'm failing, but I'm also moving forward. And to me, time management is more about priority management. Because when we look at the most successful among us, we look at professional athletes and, and others who've succeeded at a high level. They have the same 24 hours a day than you and I do. And I have to remind myself of that. Like, okay, Regina, take it easy. You can just answer one email and one thing at a time. That's actually more effective than I'm drowning mentality. Sitting there and clearing out emails is more effective. But it's really priority management, I think, Tina. Today is a Monday when you and I are getting together. My priorities for today will be different than a Wednesday or be different than Saturday. So knowing that everybody has the same time, the super successful, they don't have more time than I do. They just have their priorities in alignment and they can shift from day to day and, and week to week and, and certain um, phases in our lives. So when people talk about time management, I look at it as what are your biggest priorities? And so mine shift day to day and week to week but I've got to think about it in a new way. I, it's, it's, I've got to stop thinking, woe is me and I'm drowning. No, no, it's just one email, one voicemail and one thing every moment. So yeah, I thought about today you were a priority. This interview was a priority today. I'm so glad you made me a priority. <laughs> you were you most know, And that's why I kept after you because I'm like, I know I've heard Regina. <laughs> she's going to add great value to the women of Masterpiece Women. So I knew you were worth the wait, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and I'm so and, it, and it's that and it's that attitude because I've had that too as someone that does a show and we never make it about ourselves because we know that life happens so we can't get caught up in the what other people are doing and uh, you know they're putting something on me no of course not Tina you didn't take it personal just like I know because life happens yeah. but we're able to move forward effectively by thinking in terms of not time but priorities and I thought Tina's a priority today I have three big priorities today and you were one of them. Wonderful. Thank you all. Mm -hmm. We're very happy that you made us a party. I remember when we went through Don Maxwell and we went about the same time, we were just talking about that. Um, One of the things he mentioned, and it's always stuck, and I've um, been much better over the last few years of implementing it, because that's not necessarily always my greatest strength, (laughs) is sometimes I tend to put too much on my plate. But um, he discussed how every year he looks at his calendar and the first things he puts on there is his family vacations and his family time before he ever looks at a meeting before he ever looks at anything. And I too have now started doing things like that and just said, Nope. And I don't typically work on the weekends anymore, period. Like that's just my block time. And on the weekends, I make my family and you know, my husband the priority because the, during the week is so busy already. Sometimes I have to, you know, if we're working on a specific program, it has a deadline, but for the majority of it, it's like, no, 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 no. I've done too many of those long days and long weeks. So right. Good for you. Yeah. I'm getting there, girl. I'm a work in progress. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to catch myself because usually what happens is I finally getting this a little bit better and then something comes up and I work like five Saturdays in a row. So I have to be really (laughs) set those boundaries. It is. It's really about being intentional. Because you don't just put your family as priority. It doesn't just happen that way. You have to be intentional. And you're right. Sometimes there's deadlines, there's projects. We just give ourselves permission to say, hey, I'm going to work today. In our work, and I know you feel this way, Tina, in the work that you and I are so blessed to do, it doesn't always feel like work. And so it's easy to get carried away into nights and weekends. But again, you decide when your family's a priority, as, as, as I do as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is easy to do because you get so excited about what's going on and how things are going and how people's lives are being changed. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, it's nine o'clock at night. I haven't even spoken to my husband today. I need to get off this phone. So I love that John does that. And uh, when I was at Keller Williams, you know, that's one of the first things I learned. Gary Keller was a believer that you put all your play on your calendar and then you worked in between. I thought, what a great mindset. You put your vacation or your play days on your calendar and you work in between. That's perfect. Isn't that why we're doing it right? Even when we're being self-employed, the whole purpose of being self-employed is so that you have more quality time with your family and you get to do the things that are more important to you. But yet what happens oftentimes is we get our boundaries all skewed and instead we're more busy than we work than when we work the job nine to five. So I love that. Put your play in first, put your family right. in first, and then work around it. That's our that's, that's right. our takeaway for the day for sure. <laughs> that's good stuff. I like that. Okay. Other uh, than all the other great value that you've added already today, Regina, is there anything else that you would say to women that are just launching their business that are, you know, most of the women engage with masterpiece women are small business owners just launching their businesses or they're thriving. They may be thriving in business, but they're here to grow personally and professionally in their leadership skills. What would be like your, um, what, you'd like to leave them as we depart today? I would say keep going and at the same time, slow down. I would say that you don't, you're not competing against anyone else. Your only competitor is to be a better you today than you were yesterday. So slow down and evaluate where you're spending your time, your money, and your energy, especially your time and your energy, because those are those big resources. And I would say, enjoy the ride. So yes, keep your foot on the gas and keep going, but take it off from time to time to reflect, to engage in self-care and to really understand where you're going. Enjoy the ride because I think life is too short not to. Oh, that's good, good, good advice. I agree a hundred percent. So masterpiece women, slow down and keep <laughs> going, keep going and enjoy the ride because that is so valuable. And just know that you are a masterpiece and you have everything you need to do exactly what God's called you to do. And um, it's just a pleasure to be able to watch each of you succeed. And Regina, to have you here with us today, you're just a wealth of knowledge and blessing. So thanks for being with us. Oh, Tina, this was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I don't think it'll be the last time that we're connecting. I just have this feeling that we'll be doing some other fun stuff together. So I look forward to it and have a wonderful day, ladies. 